All right, we're in a series called Armor and Arrows, okay? Armor and Arrows it was only intended to be a few weeks. Okay, a couple things. I, I went on a mini vacation, so it extended it a week, okay? Also, last week, I talked about the whole armor of God. Are, are you with me? Okay, so we're learning how, you know, it's kind of the first week was intro, kind of foundational things, allowing God to fight our battles, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities, right? And we, we talked a lot about that, laid a lot of foundation in that. Um, then last week, it was really focused on putting on the whole armor of God, standing firm, putting on, being intentional, every piece, right? Just ended with the story, talked a little bit about the fire department and the, the, even the point of where my fire gear and what it protects me in in a fire, well, it's that same thing. Like, I, I, I forgot to mention, every morning, the first thing we do in, at, at duties or, or morning tasks at the fire department, we are supposed to go through, check our gear, check the snaps, check the fabric, make sure everything works, check our face piece, check our regulator, everything. We go through this detailed check to make sure it is going to protect us when we get in harm's way, okay? It's a daily thing. The first thing we do in the morning I hope this week you were challenged to put on that daily check to put on the entire armor of God as you step foot kind of out of your bed, into your day, maybe you're in your shower or whatever, driving on your work. Okay, God, I'm gonna, you, you got this. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put you on. You've got every piece. Here's the problem last week. I missed a piece of the armor. I somehow skipped over the shield of faith. Did anybody realize that? There's like three people in here that realize I skipped an entire piece of the armor. I have no idea what happened, and here's what I'm chalking it up as. God wanted me to go to more detail about the shield of faith. So this week is simply the shield of faith. <laughs> By mistake. Uh, so uh, it, it should only be like two hours because it's only one piece of armor. So we should be able to get through this. Um, but just, just for uh, sakes to catch people up who may not have been here the last few weeks, let's just read the whole uh, area of Ephesians 6 where the armor of God is. Okay. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, even the field of, shield of faith. The field of shaith. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. We're going we're gonna to kind of launch that again here in a minute. Stand, therefore, having fasted, fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And now, now if you missed out on last week, we went through each piece of the armor, the symbolism of it, the purpose of it, the spiritual emphasis and power of it, right? Except shield of faith. So we'll get there. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts or fiery arrows of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the truth. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To, the, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me... That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. 
that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Everybody say, I'm an ambassador. Like Paul, you guys are ambassadors. And I remember once Stephen Justice, Steve preached a message on ambassadors. And he went through this whole thing, right? Is the power of being an ambassador, representing, representing, representing God and who he really is, his actual nature. I was in this conversation with a, a lady this week and, and pretty, pretty cool story. And, and she is coming back to the Lord, right? She's in this process and, and I was able to pray with her and, and talk about the goodness of God, that God is not just a judge. She was raised where God was only a judge. I said, I can relate. So we begin, I begin to share that when I, began, when I gave my heart to Jesus, he encountered me in a powerful way, that God is also a friend. He's closer than a brother. He's a good father. He's creator, right? He's healer. He's prince of peace. He is all of these things way beyond a judge. Matter of fact, it says he's loving and just. Now, now don't forget, there is a day coming where he will reign on the just and the unjust, Right? But he is loving and just, so his justice looks way different than we actually think it means. He's not waiting for you to mess up. He's not this angry God sitting in heaven just waiting for you to fail or fall short or mess up where he gets to bring down the gavel. Like, it's, it's this amazing father who's encouraging you and picking you up and wiping you off and cleaning you off and forgiving your sins and redeeming you and reconciling you back to him. Because he's a good father, he wants to spend eternity with his kids. We're his beloved sons and daughters, right? So we got this beautiful thing, and, and we got to just kind of walk through this about, about him being righteous and him being so good, right? And it's the same thing as, as Paul's saying. You're an ambassador, so I got the opportunity to be an ambassador of Christ this week and represent, represent him in a light to where she had missed out on. It was this beautiful moment. So... So anyway, we get to this thing, and how many times in the Word, we kind of mentioned it last week, and part of this is recap, part of it is just emphasizing a bit more about standing firm, all right? That column there, that's, that's, that's standing firm, right? Is that active or passive? Kurt, are you in here? Is that active or passive, that column holding up the structure? Active. It's both, right? It's at rest in an active position. If you would remove that, all of a sudden we'd have collapse in this building. So when you stand firm, it's passive and active. We're in a, Steve, we were talking about this at our staff meeting Friday. We are in this position of steadfastness being immovable. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord your labor is not in vain. So it's this active position, but at rest. Does that make sense? And I think that's a lot of what we were portraying last week. And as we go into the shield, that it's both offensive and defensive. Most of the time we look at it as a shield and it just protects, it's just defensive. But I got the opportunity to talk to some ladies that we'll get in here in a moment to talk about the activeness of the shield of faith. But standing firm means we are immovable. We're trusting God. It's this active stance to know God is who he says he is. So let, let's, let's move on here. The shield of faith, Ephesians 6, 16. Let me just repeat that verse. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith that which you can extinguish all the flaming darts, or in some versions, fiery arrows that the enemy, the evil one, will send your way. Don't think for a second. We become naive if we think, this, this is called armor and arrows because next week and the week after we're going to be getting into launching arrows. You hitting the target for your purpose. The church equipping the believers for the work of their ministry. 
It's not just about gathering around the church's assignment as, as just this, this one bullseye here. We have, if you remember this series that we did with arrows, there were bullseyes all over the stage, all over back here. There was all these bullseyes. Now the church, we collectively have this bullseye, and it's to reveal the goodness of God. It's to worship, grow, and go. That's our mission statement. Worship, grow, go. As a collective body, we get to worship, bring him glory, make him famous, point to Jesus, right? We get to grow together, grow in health, grow in relationship, but grow in the Lord and be mature Christians to become more like him and to reveal his goodness and who he really is in us, right? And then we get to go to all the ends of the earth. We get to go in prayer and pray for Morocco and pray for the floods and pray for all these things. We get to go in person, baptizing them in the name of Jesus, right? In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, revealing him, laying hands on the sick, watching them recover. The Great Commission. We get to go and be the Great Commission for Christ. But then you individually then all have these different arrow, these different targets. And maybe it's a nurse, maybe it's a paramedic, maybe, maybe it's a realtor or these things to where you get this fear of influence, you get this target that only you can hit. You get this family, you get this neighbor, you get this neighborhood, you get this industry to where God is launching you to hit that target. Then guess what? As a church, as an ecclesia, as a group getting the blessing, we now collectively, all of our targets grow because of what God is doing through all of us. And his kingdom expands because he's just really good. So it's called that, but we become naive in this, in this series if we only focus on the targets that we're launching or that specifically the Lord is launching and not at least recognize that the enemy's on a prowl. And there are darts and, and these flaming arrows coming at us, but the great thing is we know because we've read the end of the book he wins. We win. So we actually hate to focus too much and give the enemy too much credit, but like any battle, any sports team, anything, I like to know what the other opposing team is doing. And through the Lord, we get to know that, but yet we get to be on offense and we get to score the goals. How about that Browns game last week? How about it? Amen. <laughs> Who, hey? <laughs> Who, what? <laughs> last week, if you were here, I kind of joked around about I'm a Browns fan. I am stuck with Joe Burrow as my quarterback in my fantasy, one of my fantasy teams, because I had to do auto-draft because I was busy that night, and I end up with Joe Burrow. <laughs> he got me three points last week. Like, if you're not in tune with any of this, which I expect 99% of you are not, he should be getting me like 25 to 35 points, a good quarterback. Cousins this week, he got me like 34 points. Kirk Cousins, he's a believer. I, I picked him intentionally. What a shame. But as a Browns fan, I, I took it. I was like, I'll take three points. All right. I have a timer going, so less rabbit trails. All right. Let me talk about this because I got a ton of context to uh, cover here. All right. This shield, the, the Roman soldiers at that time, they'd have these big shields, right? And then they would often be wrapped in, a, in, a, in an animal hide. And that, that hide oftentimes, listen, in war and in that time, they literally would be shooting fiery arrows at the soldiers, oftentimes from a city wall or, or even from afar. They're literally putting flames to arrows, launching them. So what the soldiers would do, they would take this shield, they would dip them in water, and then go to battle. Anybody know that? It's this amazing thing as you think about this illustration that Paul is actually just recapping a lot of what we read last week in the Old Testament about the armor of God and God himself being that armor. But think about that. 
all of a sudden they're dipping these, these, these shields in water and then as they come together as a whole, when those darts come, when those arrows come, they stand together and the Greek word for it is, is basically means tortoise. And they would put all their shields together, they would all get under, and as they'd hit these wet shields, they'd be extinguished. I, I don't know about you, but that is so symbolic because you who are believers likely are baptized. And when you went down in the water and came back up afresh, a new, a new creature, now all of a sudden you are dipped down in the water of Jesus to handle all the fiery darts that the enemy tries to send your way. More specifically, let's go to the Gospels where Jesus was on the cross and at the very end of the crucifixion, the soldier pierced his side and what came out? Blood and water. You are covered and reconciled and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But you were promised divine life by the water. So we get to walk in this life of reconciliation, of redemption of these things by the blood, but also by the water, meaning divine life, also at times Holy Spirit. The water symbolizes a few things. There's even some arguments of, of it being poured out. Some say, well, that would have actually come from his lungs, and it was the breath of life that he was giving again in a new birth. There's all these symbolisms that it could be, but the fact of the matter is that you yourself, you are covered by the blood of Jesus and by the water, by the blood of the Lamb. So you are already dipped as a shield in his blood when you accept him into your heart. When you, ask, when, you un, when you recognize that he paid a price for you on Calvary and conquered death, hell, and the grave and was resurrected, you were dipped yourself in his blood and brought out to handle any fiery dart. That's a cool thought, isn't it? So God is the shield. His blood covers it. It is washed. You are washed pure. You are dipped in and cleansed. And then when the enemy tries to tempt you, oh my. You think back to Job, and you think back to a lot of these stories, and, and you think back, man, when the enemy comes. I love the story of Job. And through the history of my walk with the Lord, I began to look at it in a different light as I matured just a little bit in Christ. I've not arrived yet. Amen, right? I want to be hungry and humble. I've, I've not arrived. I never want to get to a place where I've arrived in Christ. I know it all. I've arrived. Man, I am in process probably more than any of you. But here's the thing with Job. We, we, we grow up learning the story of how the enemy attacked Job and, 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 and that, you know, Job had all this stuff, so that's why he was praising him. And the enemy had to go to God and, you know, ask permission or whatever. Why did God allow that? As I matured in Christ, I began to look at this story a little different. And, and as I walked through the journey of, like, you know, first off, God, like, needed to give him permission. It kind of, like, journeyed to there. Then it became this thing, like, if you look at the context, oftentimes God was saying, have you considered my son, Job? Have you considered my servant, Job? I think it was more like this. Have you considered who you're about to mess with? I think God was almost having pity on the enemy, like, hey, just a little heads up, man, but, you know, have you considered my servant, Job? Because you're about to get a butt whooping. So I'm like, I'm loving, but I'm just, so you can do it if you want, but I think you're going to end up losing. I think that's us. Like, if we could go into it, and at the end, he lost everything, right? People turned on him, lost everything, and he still praised God because it's not the stuff that makes us praise God. It's who God is. <laughs> I think through life, we, we try to get these promotions, try to get this stuff, try to, you know, our children and their children and generations and, and all these things has nothing to do with what we get here on earth. It has nothing to do with money nothing to do with prestige, nothing to do with titles and, and promotions or jobs or careers or industries. 
has everything to do with the legacy of Jesus. I'd rather live in a box and have Jesus than have everything and not have him. And I think every person in this room who now knows Jesus would say the same. So none of that matters. So when you lose your stuff, you still praise God because that's who you're praising because he's worthy of it. Let, let, me, let me move on here. A few more shield verses here I'd just love to throw your way. I told uh, Kirk what I was preaching on this week, and he started sending me some good verses. So Genesis 15.1 says it like this, because God is the shield. You see, he is the shield. It's the shield of faith. Faith in God, God is the shield. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord. This is what actually, Corey was even referencing, the land and every, all the promises of Abraham and his seeds, right? It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Psalm 3.3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Proverbs 35, Every word of God proves what? True. Every word of God proves true. And it says this, He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Who is the shield? God. So the shield, three things. The shield is defensive, the shield is offensive, and the shield is faith. Jesus. It is faith in Jesus. The, the shield is God. Three things. First off, defensive. The shield is literally the barrier. It's the blanket of protection between you and the enemy's attacks. It's, it's that position of rest. So, so at times, this thing is offensive, and I'm going to get into some fun stories about that, but at times, it's, it's defensive, right? And we get to sit back and watch God fight battles, even some that we're not even seeing, like we mentioned last week. There are battles that God has already gone before you that you have no idea. The example I used last week in context is you have no idea how many wrecks he prevented you from getting to church this week, last, whatever. You have no idea the provision that went before you, the grace that went before you, the power of his spirit that went before you to protect you just getting to this moment right here, right now in life. It's defensive individually and corporately. It's that barrier that prevents you allowing seed what is faith? It's faith of a what? A mustard seed. So it's just seed faith, right? But a lot of times, if we don't have that barrier, we don't have that protection, we don't have that shield in front of us, we allow lies and attacks of the enemy to actually take seed and root in our hearts, our lives, our minds, our thoughts. See, the shield is actually the first thing of defense. You hold it out. It's that first barrier of defense. It's that first thing. So then it becomes this defense of when the enemy tries to lie to you and tell you you're not good enough, you're not worthy, that God isn't this, God can't do this, God isn't going to do this, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden that shield that's watered down by his blood, that's covered, takes care of all these fiery darts of the enemy trying to sow seed in your life. Next, it's offensive. The shield's offensive. See, we, were, uh, we joined the intercessors and, uh, and our staff. We joined up Friday morning and, and did prayer together. Um, it was fun. Sue Justice started to demonstrate. I said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to be speaking on the shield this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, that's shield. She's like, Brother Steve, you have a fiery wife. That's shield. That's not just defensive. That's offensive. And she starts reenacting it. Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. Do not mess with Sue Justice. She's like, I'll use any part of the armor, and I'll just go. It's all offensive. I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do because God is that, you know. I'm like, that's right. 
So then we, we get into our staff meeting then and, and we start to share and Lydia shared a vision that she had once or a dream of being in a corner and using the shield to fight off. And I love the quote that she said. She says, faith is active. The shield of faith and faith is active. So, so active faith, when we activate the faith, it now becomes offensive. So the shield isn't just this thing we hide behind. It's actually this thing that we can also, I've watched enough superhero movies I've watched Captain America and other ones where, where, where the shield is way more than just this defensive thing that we hide behind. Are you with me? Especially when you know it's faith and once it's activated, we actually gain ground on the enemy. Let, let me just remind you, you're not these weak, fable, little beings that have to worry about the enemy being so big. Your God is bigger than anything the enemy could ever put at you, and his blood covers it. Quit being weak-minded. Quit being, you know, for God did not give us a spirit of fear or what? Timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind. We're not these weak beings wondering if we're going to win this battle. No, like the greatest creator of the planet, the greatest God, the greatest thing ever created you for such a time as this. And let me just tell you this. He's also bigger than culture. He's bigger than division. He's bigger than a virus. He's bigger than politics. He's bigger than that. He actually brings unity into that. He's bigger than race. He's bigger than anything you could ever imagine because he's that good. And we're not these weak little beings. Like we're in this army that's way bigger than ourselves. And like I said last week, he's the general and the infantry. Next and last, faith. Shield is faith, which the shield is God. Go with me to Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. I'm winding down here. I am not closing yet, but I'm winding down. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 says this. Now faith is the assurance of things what? Hoped for, not what? Seen. It's the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not always visibly seen. It's this, it's this amazing thing that faith is believing who God says he is and will do what he says he will do. It's believing that his promises are yes and amen for you, your purpose, your children, your grandchildren. It's his promises. It's this faith to know God is a healer. He will heal. God is the Prince of Peace. He will bring peace to that chaos, that fear, that anxiety, that anxiousness. God is all of these things, right? If you go through his nature, that is who he is. And faith is putting yourself in a position, even though I don't see it, even though I don't always know what's happening, it's the faith of the substance of things hoped for. Let me give you an illustration here. Zach, is your back good? Can you come up here? Give me a couple other mowing guys. Some guys that mow. Two or three guys that mow. Give me two more guys that mow. Matt, you just got off an airplane. Come on up here. Cody, you head up the mowing. Okay, Jay, come on up. All right. You're the shield. This is your shield. You guys are bad guys. You're fiery darts. Go over there. Okay. Cody, you're over there. You're a fiery dart today. I do not speak that over your life. I do not speak those words into existence. But for today's illustration, all right, you go in front of me here. Okay. Zach's a powerful dude, isn't he? He's a good man. 
He's awesome. I love Zach. He's one of my best buddies. Um, we have fun on Wednesdays. <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. But, okay, you're the fiery darts. This is the shield of faith, okay? Faith is believing and trusting and being at rest with who God says he is. So, unlike a four-level, just try to get through Zach. Maybe like a two-level. He's, he, he's, he's still nursing a back injury. All right? And he's the shield. This is the shield. Okay, all right. Do, do you get that? That shield is faith. Thanks, guys. It's awesome. I, I get to rest. There, there's this illustration that I get to rest and know full confidently well, being steadfast and immovable, that God is taking care of what he says he's going to take care of. He's got my back. God has your back. And all of a sudden, I, I get to just sit behind this shield, and at times, we're going to swing, and at times, we're going to use whatever means possible. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to intercede. We're going to swing the sword. We're going to do what we have to do, right? But then there's at times where it's this position of rest, this position of stability, this position of standing firm. And then God gets to fight your battles. Last, last set of verses here. Go with me to Romans 5, 1 through 11. Last set of verses before I close. By the way, if you want to build your faith, read all of Hebrews 11. Okay, I only read the first couple of verses. You talk about the people of faith in the Bible and the things they did for things they never saw. I think that's the believer. That's legacy thinking. That's, that's owner, not rental thinking. That's legacy thinking of, of me sowing into culture, sowing into the kingdom, pushing into vision and things that I may never see come to pass. That's a hundred-year vision of, of, of the promised land that it might not be the Moses generation that sees it, but it's passed down through a mantle through the Joshua generation that carries it out. That, that'll increase your faith. Because some things we do, we may never see. But we're doing it for the kingdom. We're doing it for the Lord, and we're doing it for great, great, great grandkids we may never meet. Romans 5, 1 through 11 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have peace knowing that I've been dipped in the blood, I've been covered by the blood, that he conquered death, hell, and he was resurrected, and he's invited me for eternity. I have peace and assurance knowing that. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. It's not always unicorns and rainbows. Sometimes we exercise more faith when we're going through the trials and the sufferings, but it's what long, uh, keeps us longing for the Lord and dependent on Him. Because it does this. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I was part of... Uh, helping with the fire department last night and we we helped troy uh high school and kira and, and a team do this big night uh cross-country race and they were pushing through and, and and i know patrick's here he's run marathons and and did double murph this year and all these things right and and it's not easy it is not easy i hate going to the gym every day and working out 
These kids that were running last night, they're training. I see their faces as they're coming into the stadium. They look so worn out. But all of a sudden, their coaches are cheering them on, and they're right there, and they've just got one or two more laps to go around the track, and they're done. And then all of a sudden, you see the glow at the end. You see the, 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 the sense of, def, you know, of, of victory at the end, that, that sense of accomplishment. I've been doing ice baths. Anybody done ice baths? That's hard. That's some hard stuff. You get through the first 15 seconds, it's a shock. Then the next two minutes is just a mental battle fighting the pain. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you're at four minutes, you're like, this is nothing now. I could go five, six, seven, right? Right? <laughs> Talking to like three of you in here. It's this thing. But then when you get done, you're like, I feel like a new man. I feel like I'm, like I'm 18 again. <laughs> I feel like I'm 29 like Nicole on her birthday again. I, I feel, right? You feel this accomplishment, and it's, and it's this amazing thing that, that that's the hope of the glory of Lord, like, like this faith and this endurance and the suffering, that, that that suffering pays off. It's the suffering that builds character in us to withstand the crown that's heavy that the head wears. David was not ready as a young child to receive that crown yet. He had to go slay a lion and a bear and a giant and go through this thing with Saul and learn to honor and learn to worship and learn to trust God and learn to know when it was his season. And all of a sudden, through these ups and downs and twirly turns and all this chaos and, and running for his life and taking his family to these caves to escape literally being murdered, now it's time, David. Now it's time. I don't know if you've heard of Jocko Willink. He's like Navy SEAL, writes cool stuff, this, this fun stuff. This week I, I caught a video, and my, my kids, were, they're kind of in some like coaching stuff that brought it up, and it's like, good. When any opposition comes, when any trial comes, where, where there's any like these, these things that didn't go well, good. Okay, you, you're, you're not starting in that sport again? Good. You didn't get that promotion? Good. You, you got overlooked? Good. People are looking down on you? Good. People don't think you're good enough? good. Now I get to prove him wrong because I got God on my side. We'll add that at the end of it. But it's this mindset, right? It's this endurance. It builds character. And without those hardships, sometimes we don't have that character, that fortitude, that foundation to wear that crown for when it's ready to go to Zion. Let's finish this and then wrap it up. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Through perhaps for a good person, one would dare to even die. But God shows us his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall be saved by his life, his resurrection. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let me end with this one story. Story in the Bible, Matthew 14. My friend tells this story beautifully. Scott Thompson, formerly from Jesus Culture, he came here, he preached this. And I just want to remind us of this story and remind us of the ending. It's Peter exercising his faith to walk on water. That's where we're going here, Matthew 14. Let me just start in verse 25 for the sake of time. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, Jesus did. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not what? Be afraid. 
And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat. Everybody say, get out of the boat. And walked on the water and came to Jesus. Now, we celebrate that, right? No, we all focus on the part, on the fart. No, just kidding. <laughs> on the part where he lost faith. We, we focus on that. And like we hear this story, we're like, oh, Peter lost faith. He sunk. He didn't even trust God. He got out of the boat. You know how much faith it took to get out of that boat into the sea and walk on the water? So we, we get here. Come, go, Peter, get out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. The foundation of Peter knew what to cry out when he was afraid. The, the, the well that he had dug, the, the history he had dug, the, 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 the history he had spent with Jesus knew who to cry out for. He had faith to know that God is there. He had faith to know he could step out of the boat and at least give this a shot, right? So many of us, we don't even have faith and we fear so much that we don't even step out into our destiny to even give it a try. And then it says this, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When Peter failed or, or lost sight or lost or started to fear whatever whatever it is when peter fell short whose hand was there ready to hold him up jesus that's the part where kind of scott goes and i love his version of this story to where the very thing even when we fail even when we lose sight even when whatever happens and and whatever mistakes or whatever it might be we're holding the very hand of who actually matters we're holding the hand to pull us back in the boat and, and bring us to safety and cover us and, and put the shield back around us, right? Amen. Can you stand with me? I just want to pray for you. And then we're going to do a little bit of an activation. It's the last week on the armor. Everybody say, <sighs> I don't think I forgot any at this point. Um, but next week, we're going to start focusing on the arrows and the launching. That's fun. But I want to pray for you that, that we will have this intentionality that every day we wake up, we get to put on the full armor, that we get to stand firm, stand steadfast, stand in this, this, this receiving mode, but also this active mode, right? This trust mode, this faith realm, but also knowing God is who he says he is. So put your hands on your heart. God, I thank you for the armor. I thank you that we can put the full armor on. I thank you that your shield of faith, it, it, it not only protects us and is a barrier, but it's also a weapon of faith that we get to exercise to know you are who you say you are. So God, I pray in this room right now, you increase our faith for you to do the miraculous, for you to do the unthinkable, for you to do way more than we can ask, think, imagine, or even dream of. So God, I thank you for that. Protect us, cover us with your blood, your blood-bought price of the shield, and reconcile us back to you, and we pray and we ask for abundant life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's what I want you to do in a moment. I want you to break out into small groups. So I'm going to run you through a few questions. Oftentimes, we like to end our services like this um, because you've been ministered to. We've worshiped God. We, you are the church. 
You are the body of Christ. It's not just preachers up here. I don't want to just preach at you, talk at you, talk to you. You guys have value. You're part of this. You're active contributors to the body of Christ. So we're going to just process three questions together. So just get with a small group. And then, um, again, here's what we always say in this. Be as vulnerable as you feel safe, but I am asking everybody in here, there might be some vulnerability that's shared. Do not share that with anybody else. If we don't have that safety and that net to know that there might be some things shared that you're not going to go share it out and shout it from the rooftops and share it to a friend and gossip, then it prevents this ministry time from actually being very fruitful. So, everybody good with that? All right. Nicole and I use this language. We will take some things to our grave. All right, and we really, really mean that. So get in groups around you, just get into some small groups, um, maybe get into some groups of four, six, whatever. And we're going to process through three questions, kind of briefly, kind of briefly. We're going to put them up on the screen. So introduce yourselves, just real quick. All right. The first question is, first question is, when is a time you stood behind a shield of faith and God won the battle? Share that with your group. When's a time that you stood behind? You were me in this story and God was fighting a battle that you didn't even have to engage in or worry about and he took care of it. If you want to engage online, if you're watching online, I'll, I'll facilitate that for you. question I want you to share this and this is where it might get vulnerable what fiery darts have been coming at you lately what's some fiery darts go around the group maybe each name one or two what's some attacks you've been facing what's some stuff you've been going through some hardship
Okay. Last one. What do you need faith for right now in your life? What's an area you need faith for right now? Where's an area you need faith? After you share for a couple of minutes here on what do you need faith for in the fiery darts, we're going to play some music now. Just begin to pray for one another, begin to bless one another, and begin to declare God's victory in those areas of darts and faith. Bless you guys.